0: It's The Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another
1: episode of The Real Estate Breakfast, available, of course, every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcast from. It's another Friday that has snuck up on us this morning. Not just another Friday, it is the last day, can you believe it, for June and coming up this morning, we are talking about the Sydney property market. Always, always something to talk about, analyze, try and predict what is about to happen next. And Arjun Pallywell is back, Head of Research at Investigate Buyers Agency, to discuss all of this. And good morning, Arjun. How are you doing? Welcome back. Good morning, my friend.
2: Always great to be on the show.
1: And this morning, for those investors in the Sydney market, we are going to be talking about that crucial fact of fundamentals for the Sydney property
2: market. That's right. There's been a a very quick recovery. If not, you could uh, look at it from the data that we've seen during COVID, where the Sydney boom has really taken off. It's very similar month on month growth levels from then, but now just retracting some of those losses from last year. So it's been a very interesting start to 2023 with regards to Sydney's property market.
1: Yes. And of course, you've got PropTrack, you've got Domain that have brought out some of these uh, recent numbers and stats. So we will come back to Arjun in just a moment and talk all about that
0: from buying strategies, a fluctuating market, the importance of data, geographical differences, confidence in the market, rental yields. Stay informed every morning from 6 a.m.
1: And I've got some numbers here with regard to house values, which increased by 1.2%, while unit values rose by 0.9%. That is over the quarter to May. Units recorded a milder annual decline of 4% compared to houses at 7.6%. And CoreLogic's report showed a bias towards houses across most capitals, with Perth and Hobart seeing stronger monthly growth in unit values. And unit values in Perth, Sydney and Brisbane increased by more than 1% over the month, while Melbourne and Hobart saw milder rises and as mentioned today is the last day for june you might be celebrating your birthday blowing out the candles for june the 30th happy birthday if you are you're celebrating with mike tyson who's turning 56 today there was some talk i think that he was going to get back in the ring and fight somebody that'd be something because i saw a photo of him recently and he looks about as fit as he's ever been also michael phelps he He's turning 37.
0: Stay ahead of the competition with the latest news, insights, and data analysis on the Property Podcast that keeps you informed. It's the main centre forecast.
1: And on this Friday, let's check out your weather. First we go to Sydney. Sunshine with 18 degrees. That's going to feel pretty good. Melbourne, on the other hand, one or two showers. A temperature of just 15 degrees. Melbourne, golden sunshine. 21 degrees for a Friday. And in Perth, expecting sunshine. Sunny skies with 17 as your forecast top.
0: From investment strategies to market analysis. Know Your Property with us on The Real Estate Podcast.
1: And to gain those insights into Sydney's future, it's vital, as we say, to understand the key factors that contribute to its strengths and weaknesses. And Arjun Paliwal, Head of Research at Investigate Buyers Agency, is back with us this morning, who as an agency this year were fortunate enough to become Australia's buyer's Agency of the Year. And we're going to discuss the analysis of Sydney's strong and weak fundamentals. And let's start by firstly, Arjun, talking about when analysing markets, how many macro fundamentals, how many of these fundamentals do you consider and
2: why? Yeah, it's a great question there. So if we look at firstly, housing fundamentals, I'll start very macro I place them into three buckets, underlying demand, supply, and confidence. In the underlying demand segment, if we're looking very macro, the core drivers are people movement, economic activity, finances, and affordability. If we move over to supply, current supply, what's for sale, what's for rent? Incoming supply, what's being built? And then confidence, consumer sentiment, government intervention, and media cycle. Media cycle, an interesting one around what's coming out there in, in front of all our eyeballs each day. But I guess the main thing is these are the core drivers of fundamentals. And within fundamentals, if you go very micro, there's something called market pressure. And that's things like how prices are trending, how fast things are selling, the number of sales, the discounting. And also what's happening from a number of listings. And then we move into short term indicators around online search interest, housing inventory and more. But in summary, these are all important because in isolation, none of these metrics can drive everything. But in this whole world, when we look at it together, they start to paint a positive, neutral or negative picture for a market. And that's what we can go into today.
1: You know, it's quite interesting talking about media, of course, as a metric because it is, I guess, so important with the way the sentiment operates in in any market.
2: It's a really interesting question. On that note, we actually created an internal data metric, which is one of one, extremely unique. It doesn't exist anywhere else. And it's actually where we've got automations to track the top five media players in Australia. And we get all their property, finance and economic related articles and are automatically using AI to place them into positive, neutral or negative buckets. And this way we get a rolling score each month of positive or negative media sentiment.
1: Okay, really interesting. And as we delve into Sydney's current uh, property market position, what are some of the positive fundamentals that stand out right at the moment for you?
2: I think in the positive fundamentals, I'll start with the demand corner. People movement has been huge. As we know, Sydney and Melbourne are much of the recipients of overseas migrations. And it's clear that we are overshooting initial forecasts. Now, initial forecasts were a strong 250,000 return of migrants from overseas. And right now, if you're adjusting that out for the rest of the year, it's probably looking at around 400,000, potentially more. And so when we consider people movement, that is a huge part of Sydney's growth and population where it's coming from overseas migrants and that too, in areas where students, uh, working visas and so forth will make an economic impact in a positive nature. So that's the first part. The second part is the economic activity when it comes to both jobs and infrastructure. And Sydney's unemployment rate is quite in line with the national average, which, as we know, unemployment rates of around three and a half percent are very very low and you can expect that to go up but even with some upwards movements they are very strongly positioned as we speak and then lastly i talked about the infrastructure components but with the infrastructure components there are no small spends these are city changing infrastructure in parts of sydney if you cut up the population cut up the spending cut up the jobs hubs you, you could create four, maybe even five cities when you break Sydney into a few different areas. So I think if we look at supply for Sydney right now, large dwelling approvals and building approvals in the projects are really coming down. There is gonna be a dwelling deficiency both now and in the future in the new build side of things. If we look at the periods where downturns are quite prominent, November 2018, where 2017 and 18 was well and truly the end of Sydney's housing cycle boom, when we last saw prices boom heavily. In 2018, the houses for sale in Sydney were around 25,000 in total. Now that number's down to about 13,000. We are still well below where a soft period of Sydney's house prices supply needs to be. And so from that angle, you've got low incoming supply, low established supply, low rental supply, and strong unemployment and migration conditions. So those are the strengths when it comes to the fundamentals of Sydney.
1: And how about the flip side? What are some of the weaker fundamentals in play that arguably could impact on Sydney?
2: So I think we saw a lot of these weaker fundamentals in play in the last 12 months. When interest rates did really come into this huge swing, that did impact sentiment heavily. And as we know, there is clear indication with Sydney's housing market in particular, if you look back at past five to six years of trends, where lowering components of interest rates between 2012 and 2017 were actually in line with some of the biggest price rises in Sydney. And then if you also look at the investor lending in 2012 to 2017, that also coincided with some of Sydney's largest price rises too. And then all of a sudden, when you look at some of the price declines, we've seen interest rates play a big core part over the last 12 months, which has shifted borrowing capacity. But more important than the actual capacity is the confidence that was shifted over the last 12 months, because now you've still got interest rates at a pretty high period. But we've got confidence returning back into the Sydney's market, especially when you start to look at auction clearance rates, which have a very strong correlation in Sydney's price growth. And we're looking at the current environment of low supply so what i think could be some of the weaker fundamentals are the finance if we don't see interest rates fade off eventually yes prices are recovering now but how long can they do that for when borrowing capacities are down 40 percent there will always be some sub sub segments that need finance as part of their trends but lastly i think the weak fundamental that's more important to review is if confidence does return to sydney which it is already but if it returns at large levels and we do start to see more and more established holders of properties list properties for sale, then that stock level number will start to increase rapidly. And if it gets to anywhere around that sort of 2018 number, that's when you start to see the fundamental shift against Sydney because the stock levels returning with lower borrowing capacity would not be a healthy amount of buying capability and selling capability when it comes to Sydney's property market.
1: Lastly, where can investors find more information about these fundamentals and gain further insights, which are just so crucial for them to dig into?
2: Fundamentals that I've gone over was actually a research paper where we unpack every single fundamental, where it is for Australia, and even the market pressure for all 25 major markets of Australia, which is the capitals and major connected regional centers. This is actually a report that we produced late last year in July, August, and led us to accurately predict Sydney's decline over 2022. Many housing markets that would not decline, the inflation peak being reached at the end of 2022 and more. So if you go into the fundamentals research paper on investigate.com.au and click on our research tab, then our white papers tab, you'll be able to find that. And we're about to do a refresher for this new financial year in the coming months. So it should be excited. All right. So we'll
1: leave it there. Arjun, have yourself a fantastic Friday, the last day for June and a great weekend. We'll talk soon. Thank
0: you, my friend. Talk soon. Don't navigate the real estate market alone. Let us help guide you in the world of real estate every day. Make better informed decisions with the latest news and insights. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia, the Real Estate Podcast.